0: This show is about your mental health. While it's supported by the pillars of positivity and hope, if you find yourself in crisis, please reach out for help. In many communities in both the United States and Canada, you can dial 211 to be connected to mental health and crisis services in your region. While it may seem like it at times, you are not alone. Another lockdown, COVID cases rising more, businesses forced to close. It seems like this pandemic is never going to end. No surprise then that many are left feeling hopeless and depressed. So what are you gonna do about it? Sit there and let it overtake you? There's an alternative. It's not only better for your mental health, but your physical health as well. The very real power of positivity, right now on The Happy Molecule. Hello there, I'm Kevin Frankish. Welcome to The Happy Molecule. I guess I'm a peddler of sorts. Week after week I sell hope and positivity. It's a quality product and I think it changes lives. But I have to admit, these past few days, it has been harder than ever to sell. What's there to be happy about anyway? And why should I buy happiness when I'm in for a bigger letdown later probably? My friends, what will it take for me to put you into the front seat of positivity today? Elise Devlin is a managing director and a therapist at Breathe Therapy in Toronto. She has a few answers to that. Hi Elise. how are you?
1: I'm good, thank you. How are you?
0: I am good. I am feeling positive.
1: Oh, that's good to hear.
0: (laughs) It's tougher and tougher and tougher. So I wanted to talk to you about positivity because whether we realize it or not, there are myths and misconceptions that surround the concept of positivity. And I think one of the biggest myths is you're just whitewashing things. So the world is falling apart and you're smiling.
1: Well, absolutely. I think especially this is something that goes on throughout all of our lives. But especially at a time like this, you know, especially us Ontarians who are dealing with a third lockdown, a pretty serious one, um, whether you're a business owner, whether you're a parent with children who now are not going to school, you know, our lives have been thrown upside down. And it's challenging and it's scary. And just the thought of saying, you know, I'm going to stay positive. I'm going to have hope that things are going to get better can just seem completely overwhelming and unrealistic. It's to the point where like as a human being, like how much can you handle before it's just you're up to here? So it's definitely something we're seeing very commonly now, which is just like, how am I supposed to feel positive right now?
0: And, and when you say you, you, can, you can think about things in a positive way, quite often we're not. Why do we have such a tough time releasing the negativity, releasing worst case scenarios? Is it because we're afraid to have hope? We're afraid to be disappointed?
1: I think there's a number of reasons, and I think you touched on them. So, positivity is a word that's thrown around around a lot you know you can if you go on social media it's everything about positive vibes and thinking positively and doing positive things and in many ways you know i think the notion of positivity has been looked at as if you think positive it's seen as like an eraser for all the negative stuff that's happening you know if you think positively like things aren't so bad business isn't falling apart you're not stuck at home what have you or struggling with whatever you're struggling with whatever it might be you know, and that's just unrealistic. So positivity really isn't something that's meant to erase all the challenges we're having, but it's meant to permeate at least part of what we're doing and for us to see that even though we're really struggling with something, other things may not seem as bad or, you know, not as unattainable. So, for example, you know, for a lot of people, again, maybe their businesses have closed and you know, thinking positively about something, it's not going to reopen their business. It's not going to help them financially. But maybe taking some time to feel positive about, you know, um, maybe you live in an area that's not as highly affected by the incidence rates of COVID-19 and feeling a little bit safer. Uh, Maybe having that time maybe to help your kids a bit more with school. It's not a solution to what's happening, but being able to acknowledge that does definitely help our general outlook. So again, it's just a small piece of being able to acknowledge the positive things. We can still be struggling while acknowledging those. And on the flip side of it, often thinking negatively is a self-protective measure. So if I sit here during this lockdown, for example, and say, you know what, this lockdown is not going to be four weeks. It's going to be four months, and, you know, this is, you know, that's going to mean that my kids aren't gonna go back to school and I won't be able to do X, Y, and Z that I had planned for the summer. I'm setting myself up that if it doesn't turn out that way, I'll be happier. People are worried that if I think, you know what, after this lockdown, things might be better, that if it doesn't happen, they'll feel really bad. They'll feel even worse, they'll feel more let down. And I could tell you as a mental health clinician, it doesn't work. <laughs> so if the lockdown's gonna be longer, whether you felt we're trying to be positive about it or not, you're going to be just as disappointed and the flip side is the same so it really is also a self-protective measure
0: we're getting bombarded with with uh, information from all sides that feed into our negativity so it can be something from we're bored to yes our our, our you know financially uh our kids uh the government mishandling of things you know that's our perception uh the the fact that some people are going around in close quarters and not wearing masks we're we're getting all of these stimulus if you want to call it that or stimuli if you want to call it that and we know we can't control it but it's still bringing us down how do i rise above that
1: well That's a loaded and difficult question for sure, Um, but you hit the nail on the head when you said you can't control it. So, And that's actually what I believe is making this situation of this pandemic more challenging for everybody, is this is something that none of us can truly control. And we're talking whether we're just citizens doing the best we can. physicians trying to save people's lives, government who are trying to put policies in place As you know, the wind blows and things change. And suddenly there's all these variants. And I think, you know, truth be told, there is a lot of people, most people are doing the best that they can. But in essence, we don't have control over this virus in the sense that like, you can't negotiate with it. You know, there's so many tough situations in life that we can negotiate something we could try and move something, but we, we don't. And it's just out there and affecting us. Um, so the Best advice I can give people is when you truly, when there's certain aspects of things you can't control, you just have to step back and release it, because likely there's so many other things that are going on that are difficult that you do have a little bit control over. Um, and when it comes to these situations, again, it's very difficult if you, you know, are like many of us who believe that, like you know, in masking everywhere in public and keeping a distance and what have you, and you see somebody not doing that, you know. It could become infuriating um, but really the only we can't change people you know most of the time at least in a positive non-confrontational way um, but you know one thing you can do is when you can't control something the one thing we can control is how we react to it and you know it's very hard not to get angry or stressed or frustrated when we see cases going up again and people maybe not following rules or whatever it may be But we have to take ourselves, you know, do like a check in with ourselves and say, I can control how I react to this because that extra stress, negativity, upset, it's not only going to affect us, it's going to affect the people around us and it affects us physically. So, you know, that's the only thing at this point we can control is how we react to those situations.
0: We, we often think of of a positive attitude, a, a positive feeling as being a reaction. We, we seldom talk about it as being proactive because positivity can actually help steer your life and what happens.
1: So again, you know. Positivity, I think, it's a heavy word these days. It's it's a heavy notion. Positivity does not mean that we're happy all the time and it's raining gumdrops. Um, But it's a way to try and guide our days and, you know, each day, each interaction, our lives in a way that acknowledges the good in what's happening. Um, Again, it doesn't erase everything else we might be coping with some of which might have nothing to do with this pandemic, it's just just like a daily thing, like it's not gonna go away with this pandemic, all this negativity, but incorporating positivity in our lives will help change how your outlook on your day looks. It will change an interaction with somebody who might also be really struggling. Um, So again, just taking the time to, whether it's start your day or if you feel really you know, suddenly midday, you're just feeling like really overwhelmed with everything. And it's just, you know, you're overwhelmed with negativity when you just, you know, you have a million things to do, and you don't know where to start. You know, that's when you take a step back and say, you know, what, like, let me really try and look at this and say, you know, what can I potentially be thankful for? What actually went well today? You know, and it's maybe you didn't burn your toast this morning. And that's like the one thing that's gone well this morning. And like, that's okay. But sometimes just taking a step back to acknowledge that something went right um, gets it already shifts our mindset that everything sort of doesn't seem as unattainable um, but again it's just integrating that positivity because we don't function as islands and you know whether we live with people or we live alone we have some type of interaction with people throughout days most of the time and our outlook if there's if your little bit of positivity does nothing else but change somebody's day to be a bit more positive because I tell you, the people who are really, really struggling and the people who are not look identical. So your little bit of positivity, you never know where that's gonna go. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether it's reaching out to a friend or a family member and you know, even if you're feeling overwhelmed but saying, you know what, it was so nice to wake up this morning and the sun was shining. And it was, it was nice not to have to turn on the lights. And I, you know, it just it warmed up the house or whatever it might be, just that positive statement could start somebody else's day off differently. That person's day is started off differently, it then affects, you know, it could be affecting how they wake their kids up in the morning or, you know, what they're going to do at work or the walk they're going to have with their dog, whatever it is, you know, it just doesn't only affect you, we affect other people. And sometimes that's even just enough to say, you know what, I got to find something good because this might actually impact somebody else, whether it might not work for me today, but it might work for you.
0: A lot of us have learned the hard way that negative feelings, negative outlook doesn't just affect our mental health, but our physical health as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, I'm, I'm not a medical doctor, but stress, negativity, all that, it really, it can affect people's blood sugar, it can affect their blood pressure. Um, that's why often when people are, you know, feeling ill, or in are in some kind of medical distress, people say, you know, try and take a few deep breaths, try and calm down, things like that, because it just affects us physically. And you'll notice when you get really, really stressed out or, you know, you have really, really negative feelings, sometimes people can even feel warm, their face can get red, all those sorts of things. It's, a, you know, it's the same way as some people take their blood pressure in the morning before they're going to go to work and it's shooting through the roof. But then on the weekend when they're just spending time maybe with their family or going for a hike, it's, it's normal. So it really does affect all aspects of our lives. It just doesn't only affect what we say and how we feel, it affects us
0: physically. This is going to seem like a silly question, a simplistic question. Maybe, how do you be positive? We, I don't know if we ever learned. We've learned a lot how to be negative. We've learned how to react to things and get angry and demand justice. But you know, we haven't spent as much time on being positive. So help me out here. Uh, give me some <laughs> steps to 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 be more positive.
1: Well, I wish there was. You know a, you know, a three step process to, you know, help people um, become more positive or sort of embrace that. I wish it was that easy. But there's definitely things we can try and do within ourselves to try and just get there. And again, it's something I talk about a lot. The first thing is, is to really don't look at positivity as this overwhelming, giant label that we need to be. So Incorporating positivity or being a positive person does not mean that you're happy all the time and everything is great. And you're just going to throw your challenges and struggles to the side because you're just going to keep moving. And it's great if that's a situation in your life that you can be in, but that's most of us aren't and it's not meant to erase those things. So, you know, it's you just it has to not be as overwhelming of a notion. Um, So it's about taking it and saying, you know, where can I draw it out of? You know, um look you know, really taking a step back and saying, out of all these things I'm going through and all the struggles I'm having and whatever it might be, knowing that you can still have those struggles and still be appreciative of the certain positivity in your life is step one um, because something I notice with clients I see and with a the therapist I work with as well, there's this almost like guilt that goes both ways. Um, it's the guilt of feeling positive when really tough things are happening. And the flip side, when, you know, you have a lot of positivity happening and, you know, one struggle and saying, but, you know, people have it so much worse. So, you know, it it just feels like such a loaded question. So I would say that's the first thing first is positivity doesn't need to be overwhelming. It doesn't mean that you turn on the happy switch and everything is great. Um, And the next thing is, you know, truly, as I just mentioned a bit, release the guilt for acknowledging that there's positive things. So acknowledging that, you know, you have a, you know, at this time a roof over your head, you might still have your job, um, you know, a supportive partner, things like that that help you get through it. Um, there's a lot of guilt that we are noticing that people are feeling just by being positive and feeling really grateful for having those things because they know so many other people don't. And if only the world worked, that other people's difficult situations made ours better, you know, a lot of us would be much better off, but that's not the case. So release the guilt. Feel, you know, it's okay to be happy and grateful and positive about the things you have and to talk about those things while still acknowledging you have struggles and we know things can be worse. But there's, no, the, there's some guilt associated with, just having sort of that gratitude. Um, And, you know, really, and again, another struggle that's happening during this time is a lot of times when we really just wanna feel positive, we surround ourselves maybe with a friend, family, you know, an outing, something we do that makes us just generally feel good. And a lot of that has been taken away from us. So you can't go and have the cup of coffee, you know, on the deck with a friend like you used to, or, you know, go for walks or maybe go to a place that makes you feel good. You know, a lot of that has been taken away from us. So that's a bit more of a struggle, but trying to just still incorporate things that just make you feel good. So whether again, it's a conversation with a friend who, you know, whatever you talk about makes you feel good or um, watching something or acknowledging, you know, the sun is shining. It's really at this point, we have to grab onto the smaller things you know, that we still have and incorporate those. And as time goes on, hopefully more of that will be accessible to us.
0: Here's a tough question. Uh, Positivity quite often is that proverbial horse that that bucks us off and, you know, you're supposed to get right back on that horse. But if it's going to keep knocking you off, how do you find, where do you find the strength? How do you find the strength to say, yes, I'm going to get back on that horse.
1: So it's, uh, it does take strength, especially as you know, when you really do get knocked off the horse a number of times, and you're like, I've tried, I, I've really given this positive thing a really good go, and it's just not working for me. <laughs> it's a tough one. But I, I think, let's tie that positivity into like the notion of hope, hope for good things. So if you try and like hop on the horse and have, you know, that positivity, good things happen, sometimes, you know, it's that hope that good things will happen and hope is really a moving target depending on your situation. So hope is something that in my career as a social worker is something I've discussed a lot and talked a lot about um, because, you know, I most of my work was in the oncology and palliative care field, And, you know, eventually when somebody comes to a point when a disease has taken over, and there's just nothing you can do. This whole notion of hope is like, well, you don't want to give people false hope and think that, you know, and talk positively because you don't want them to suddenly think they're going to be cured when their entire body is, you know, riddled with terminal cancer. And at the same time, you know, people don't want to really talk about terminal diseases often because they don't want the patient to lose hope. And if you lose hope, you give up. So, you know, hope again is a moving target. So sometimes there's that hope or, Positive feeling, you know, I have this diagnosis, I'm going to go through treatment, I'm going to get better. And that's where you start. But if that doesn't happen and that is, you know, taken away from you, hope doesn't go away. You just hope for different things. So, you know, often I talk to patients about, you know, sometimes like it's not hope for that cure. Maybe it's hope that the time you have is comfortable, the time you have is spent with the people you love. The time you have left is really spent on just doing things that make you feel good so sometimes we have to have like that goal again sometimes it needs to be more of a moving target so if we want to think positively and you know maybe in this situation it's lost a job apply for a job we think we're going to get the job you don't get it and you go over that a few times again maybe you take a step back and say okay maybe that hope is that moving target the fact is if you've gotten three interviews that's already a really big step. The job will come. But you've already, you know, acknowledging that step between, that's also a really good thing. So sometimes it's really just taking a step back and saying it's a bit of a moving target sometimes. And, you know, it might not be the end goal we have, but let's just move the goalpost a little bit.
0: It's interesting how hope uh, and positivity and a better outlook all just go hand in hand.
1: Yeah, they really do. And again, it's something that's so often discussed these days, you know, really hope and positivity. And it's it's hard. It's hard to even think of when, you know, you turn on the TV and all you see is these, like, high numbers. You see, you hear of, you know, people dying. And it doesn't matter what age. doesn't matter, you know, the beginning of this pandemic, people were a lot older. Now they're a lot younger it's still devastating. There's so much loss and angst and upset and loss of control that's happening and it just could be very hard. Um, but I was actually, I was watching this epidemiologist out from Alberta a few nights ago and she just looked in the camera and you could just tell she, she just said, things are really, really tough right now. But what I'm telling you is that we are so much closer to things getting better now than we were before and you know what that she's right yeah and she just there was no other way for her to say it like there's nothing concrete we, she, she couldn't throw out fantastic numbers or or you know research or anything she said like just listen to me like we just let's just hang in there a little longer like things are going to get better we are closer than we were before and if that's all the positivity we have right now i i really think that that's pretty powerful like look how far we've come
0: yeah, it, and it's tough uh, to to tell someone sometimes it's going to be okay, but a lot of times that's what people need to hear. We, we we need to know it's going to be okay, and in this case, it is going to be okay. There is going to be an end to the lockdown. We don't know when it's going to be, but as that uh, that woman had said, uh, you know, we're at least closer today than we were yesterday or last year. So we are getting closer to the, um, to the positive target.
1: Yeah, and getting closer to that. And like, again, thinking sort of ahead and saying we're almost there. You know, it's not meant to say that you don't, like the only way through the struggles you're having now is through it, it doesn't erase it. You have to go through it. So, you know, getting through that, but knowing there's a light at the end of the tunnel, it can, it can help just knowing that things will get a little bit better. And, you know, once this is over, it's not like all of our problems are going to go away, but it's a big one. At least we can feel like maybe we can cope with our problems a bit more efficiently. Um, And, you know, it's sometimes it's even bigger, just like, you know, when you're struggling and, you know, trying to feel positive, and let's say you do, you're acknowledging that things are going to get better or, you know, you feel like you're on the right road and you're still really struggling. Also knowing that there's a lot out there Um, There are supports out there that can help. And, you know, sometimes it's just like knowing that you can just even reach out for support is really important because we can't always just get through this hump alone. Um, And I'll say even just as someone uh, as a practicing therapist, we see people who are struggling, not with anything new, but things just are more exacerbated now when you're like, again, locked in, locked up, things shut down, you know, it's not necessarily new problems we have, but now they just, you, you know, we find individuals just having a hard time getting through it in these circumstances.
0: So let's talk about breathe therapy. Um, breathe therapy is, uh, how many, how many um, uh, therapists do you have?
1: We have seven right
0: now. Seven therapists. Yes. And this, it, we are still relatively new, or many people are still relatively new to the mental health field, to, to seeking mental health help uh, for, uh, you know well, let's call it simple depression. I hate to use that, that term. So many people are entering for the first time looking for some sort of help. What is it like to reach out for help? It, it, to me, I think one of, the, one of the stumbling blocks tends to be, well, I really don't know what's wrong. I just know I don't feel good. What, so why should I reach out?
1: So there's many reasons why people can reach out. And most often, people don't know exactly what's bothering them. So we can get um, someone who books an appointment and we, we get a note, like, I'm not really sure what's going on. I just don't feel like myself. That's more than enough. We don't even need a reason. You know, um, sometimes when you just feel like you need to talk to somebody and you're not sure why, whatever it is, you know, that's reason enough. No reason is reason enough. Um, just if you feel like you need to talk and you need some support. Um, But, you know, again, like we, reaching out for support, you know, it's funny, I think there's still that stigma a little Mm -hmm. bit about, you know, seeking out therapy, you know, you don't have to have a, a diagnosed mental illness, or, you know, you just, you know, when you feel that you need to talk to somebody, you just, you know, you just need to reach out. And I find that the from the inquiries we get. So we get a lot of people who email us just saying, you know, like, I'm not really sure what I'm dealing with. Is this appropriate? Things like that. So we we provide a lot of support either like, you know, sort of over the phone and by email before anybody even books anything. Um, But I find that my impression is before people book that initial assessment or as they're booking it, that initial appointment, it's really heavy on them. Like, it's not failure. If you need to talk to somebody, there's, you know, um, it's not you haven't hit a rock bottom. You, you we all need support. I, I can promise you, your therapist has a therapist. You know, <laughs> um, yeah. It's and so I, so I find that it's it's really tough for people when they first book that. I can hear it. You know, for the people that we help, you know, we help maybe book over the phone. Like you just hear that angst of like, you know, have I have I failed? Have I just hit a rock bottom? You know, I I can't believe I need this kind of thing but i would say after their initial appointment the sense of relief is huge because i can at least speak for our group of therapists you know we have a very calm and down-to-earth approach to therapy where you're not a one-size-fits-all anything um, we take everybody as an individual um, whether it's an individual a couple a family what have you um, everybody is seen very individualistic so you know we tailor our practice to what you need, and that's how most people do it. So I think sometimes also, under if you haven't experienced therapy before, maybe you've experienced and hasn't been right for you. Knowing that, you know, um, again, it's you don't go in and there's no planned agenda. There's no planned agenda. There's no, um, again, there's not this one size fits all. This is how it goes, and this is how it's going to be, and this is how you're going to do it kind of situation. It's really just come in, sit down. You know take a deep breath let's talk and let's see how we can help um so i would say we therapy goes in waves it's not a straight line so the starting out often can be again just like pressing that initial booking sometimes can be the most difficult part um but i would say we notice right away um within the first session it's just not that everything is solved but it's just that sense of relief like i have a lifeline now Mm -hmm. I have someone I I could talk to, and it goes nowhere, you know, it is confidential, it goes nowhere, there's no, again, there's no planned agenda. If somebody wants to talk about one thing the entire time, then that's what happens. Um, You know, it's, it's really you drive it, and we just guide it. Um, And it has, you know, it goes in waves. Um, But it really is taking that first step is the most difficult.
0: That's fantastic. It's breathetherapy.ca. I've been talking with Elise Devlin. Thank you so much for this. And uh, I wish you positivity and hope.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: You can make an appointment by going to breathetherapy.ca. I have a challenge for you this week. I call it the positivity challenge. Each day, I'm going to give you a different assignment to get you thinking about positive energy. Nothing tough. Just go to my Twitter or Facebook pages for all the details or search the hashtag Positivity Challenge. Next episode, you are what you eat. I speak with a Harvard doctor about the direct link between our stomachs and our brains. Until then, thanks for joining me. Take care of yourself and take care of each other.
1: Please consider subscribing to this podcast and also check out the Happy Molecule Extra at thehappymolecule.com. There you'll find a link to a video version of this episode, be able to join the conversation about mental health, learn about our Facebook live show, and get a preview of upcoming episodes. You can email us at thehappymolecule at gmail.com. I'm Aaron Davis, wishing you good mental health.